You're listening to a podcast from Blogging Heads TV. Hi, Mickey. Hey, Bob. Hey, I see you've got your 3rd of July flag out. Correct. You're waving the flag. That's Ma- commendable. That's a that's a reasonably big flag. Made uh, in mean, USA. Um, well, yeah, unlike some, I might add. Um, well, it's interesting with this flag. Uh, I felt that the, I felt like I really had to put one out this Fourth of July. It seemed important. I don't know. The country's falling apart. Yeah, I think that would help show, if you, if you, you want, put one of those out. <laughs> no, it's an expression of sentiment, and and then I'm on this neighborhood watch. Uh, sort of e- uh, Snapchat or whatever it is, WhatsApp group, and uh, and there are all these rumors going around now. They're going to roving bands of uh, of uh, protesters are going to be wandering the streets of town. And do I want? And there's nobody else on my block has a flag out now. It's only July third. Well, plus that flag but, has this uh, pointed tip on it, so you can use it as a weapon if worse comes to worse. Kind of like the guy in St. Louis with the mansion, except a little more up close and personal. I knew you'd, I knew you'd turn my serious patriotic thoughts into cynical <laughs> derision. Well, but, uh, that didn't take a really intimate uh, knowledge of me to predict, but, but uh, congratulations. <laughs> anyway, it's, um, I think I'll probably put it out anyway and they can come get me, but, uh, that's how paranoid I am. And that's how we are on my block. You in the neighborhood watch group? In America 2020. Uh, Yeah, it's not neighborhood watch. It's sort of like... Neighborhood concern. Welcome the neighbors, yeah. Speaking of neighborhood watch, I started... uh, Somebody, a couple of our viewers slash listeners recommended that we watch Watchmen or The Watchmen, whichever it is, and and discuss it. I watched the first one, and I await your watching of the first one. I tried to watch the first one, and I read the... Synopsis and it looks so stupid. I didn't want to read it. Mickey, you never read I mean, the synopsis. Don't do that. Everybody says it's terrific, but why? Why would you pick the Tulsa, Oklahoma riots? We can, we the, can, we the, can yeah. say that we can discuss it at the end. But but I think you have to give it credit for uncanny prescience. I mean, it was made before the pandemic and yes. before it's, George Floyd. And yet it's about extremely pressure. It's about yeah, race agree. and masks and cops and white nationalists and so on. So, and, Tul- um, and, and Tulsa and Tulsa, which give me a break, yeah. which people now only know about for two reasons. One is Watchmen and the other is George Floyd. Um, well, no, it was, it was also famous for the riots. No, but I mean, people didn't, that, the riots weren't that widely known until this new no. moment of racial awareness. I guess I I knew about him and I'm not Mr. Informed. But one one question is if they rebuilt Black Wall Street, why haven't we heard about it? It's an obvious question. What are you talking about? Maybe you're ahead of me on watching. I think the Tulsa riots were white riots and the whites were so resentful of this extremely successful part of town in Tulsa that was quite rich and so the whites burned it down and it was rebuilt, but what happened to it? That's what no I idea. Know. No idea. You would think you would see reporters going back and saying, "What happened to this neighborhood?" Maybe. Hey, it's- hey, there's more than that that reporters should be investigating, Mickey. This is a this is a deaf segue. They Very should deaf. be asking, "Why is it that as the number of cases of COVID per day continue to skyrocket, skyrocket, the number of deaths per day continues to?" 
actually drop, not even just plateau, but actually continues a slightly no, downward. No, yes, plateauing. it is. Trust me, it's, trust me. Trust me, it's plateauing. No, you're wrong. I looked at I looked at the figures you're this morning. Wrong. I'll show you the graph. Well, well we you haven't can gone barely through a, tell on this graph. We haven't gone through a full week, but it's it's it sure seems at least. Let me as tell you something. The seven week. day moving average of deaths, uh, new deaths per day after yesterday's report was a little lower than it had been a week ago. Uh, that's my final word on the subject. But anyway, don't you in, agree? In California, it's ticked up a bit. Wait, before we get started, can I just say this? I think this is a big news week. We got a lot to talk about. Okay. We got this that, that thing about COVID, other things about COVID. We got Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriend and accomplice, right. who, who could blow what? the lid off this thing. What, you're like a DJ now saying later in, later, in, later in the set we'll have the it's new a job one. From- somebody's got to do. You know, we sometimes get complaints. If you Do you ever read the comments, Mickey, or do you – have so little regard for our listeners and viewers that you don't read the comments. That's too. I, it's a good question. I used to read the comments, and the last few times I've read them, they've been digressive off into their own arguments, which is fine. But do you wait? Do you mean on the blogging head site or on YouTube? Yeah, on the blogging head site. Well, on YouTube, there's less digression. Oh, okay. They, blogging heads is for digression. That comment section is is was oh, okay. designed for digression. So that explains why gets. when I hit Control F, Mickey, it comes up blank. They're not talking about me. Uh, they're not talking about you, no. Uh, perhaps in passing <laughs> at the very beginning, but no. <laughs> anyway, so, you're acting like a disc jockey saying, hey, we have some Tame Impala coming up with this edit. We got a lot of stuff. We got Biden. Uh, we got protests. It's like, I hate that. We got Russia. But I think we should start with your good news. You got you got your newsletter, Cow's Files. The got cor- it. Combination the, of love and hate on Twitter that was the, just the chloroquine is coming back. Oh, give me a break! News? Give me a break! You know what's funny? Okay, so it is coming back. Well, you mean the one study? You're talking about the one study? It was one study, but it was a, one of the few studies that did it early as right. opposed to late. But do you remember and that when seems there was the key? Remember when there was the study that found the large study that found it did no good, and I was very dismissive of that study because right. it was retrospective and right. not a controlled randomized. Okay, prospective yes. study. This study is exactly the same. Oh, really? Okay. It's a retrospective study. But the, my one final point on chloroquine, and so we can like get rid of this topic, is uh, everybody, the doctors that I read on the web, who tend to be right-wing doctors, uh, say that the key is zinc. The chloroquine only works as a vehicle for getting the zinc into your cells, and the zinc does the work. But do any of these studies test zinc? They're all testing it against erythromycin with a chloroquine and erythromycin, which isn't the combination that people think works. People think I, chloroquine and zinc works. I'm not aware of any that do. And by the way, I'm not dismissing its possible efficacy. I don't think we've seen a good study either way. But but this is a, another not good study because okay. it's purely retrospective. Okay, so let's get back to your your topic. I'll let you be the disc jockey. Okay, well, I, I, I thought I would have thought you would have brought this up at the beginning. No, why would I bring it up? A, a smarmy, in-groupy, uh, self-aggrandizing just because I had two people who were pissed off at me. Well, Bill Crystal gave your your newsletter piece, that your implies, House Files newsletter piece, you, Twitter love, and then Maggie Haberman gave it hate, and that's just the you're, idea. You're, you're, you're implying that I'm a small fish, Bob, and when big fish like Bill Crystal when, and Maggie Haberman people, pay any attention to me, 
I'm supposed to be happy. Well, I know what kind I of, would what be. Kind of, what kind of demeaning message is that? When people of that stature pay Bill any Crystal attention. Bill Crystal should be happy if I pay attention to him, buddy. <laughs> uh, uh, well, so, did you reply to his tweet? No, I wrote this, I wrote this, uh, newsletter saying, I, uh, looking ahead, if you're in it, if you think the worst thing that can happen to America is passing a massive amnesty bill that sets us up for generation after generation of amnesty, a massive increase in, in immigration, and a fundamental uh, change in America, not so much in party affiliation, although it will do that, it'll kill the Republicans, but uh, just in the, in the sense of, you know, low-wage workers flooding in and making it impossible to live a life of dignity at the bottom of the labor market. Uh, can I just say you're burying uh, your lead as you did in the newsletter okay. piece itself, but go uh, hang on. on. Hang on, hang on. If you think that's bad, I'll tell bad, people what the lead is. If, if, if you, you look, fail if to you, ever get if to you it. think that, if you think that's bad, uh, people on my side are staring at the abyss because if the Democrats retake the Senate, forget the presidency. If the Democrats take the presidency and retake the Senate, the first thing they're going to do is get rid of the filibuster, and then they can pass this thing. Then they're they're going to pass this thing. So if 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 Republicans lose the Senate and the presidency, uh, my side is fucked. And the only way I can see around it is, uh, and Trump is heading for uh, defeat. And by the time he realizes it's too late, it will be too late to bail out. So I wrote a column saying he should bail out now. Oh, your uh, lead. Thank you. Right. Bill no, Crystal, Bill- by the way, plucked it from obscurity and put it in the <laughs> actual tweet. You should be right. Paying so I was, I, I was terrified of like the attaboys from. Uh, you know, that, that people on the left were going to say, Mickey Kaus finally comes around to bailing on Donald Trump. And the only person who did that was our friend, Arye. Uh, uh, he, he sort of gloated, sort of, I, I was, I wasn't bailing on Trump. I was saying if you were a Trumpist, Trump should take one for the team. Uh, and, uh, uh, and I was worried that uh, Crystal didn't really gloat. He sort of sneered. That's okay. Well, no, Crystal uh, wants to get that message out. He'd love for Trump to, to drop out and have some neocon like Marco Rubio take his place on the ticket. Well, we'll get to that. But um, the uh, whereas you anyway, are voting for Tom Cotton, who if, would also please no, Bill Crystal. If Trump bailed out, it would be the it would it would end the the Never Trump movement because they wouldn't have Trump to kick around anymore. So uh, it would be bad for Bill Crystal, I think. But anyway, the um, and my dispute with Maggie was just that was interesting because she, she she wrote and uh and he poo-pooed reports that this was a serious possibility he being I, you yeah but he, but but she but, said i'm but, old but, enough to remember back when mickey uh, okay, was poo-pooing uh, this idea right and it's i hadn't poo-pooed the idea okay i right. poo-pooed the idea that trump was not going to debate and she admitted that and graciously apologized but um the interesting thing about that is she implied there was some reporting indicating that there was a possibility which I hadn't read that Trump would drop out, and Maggie Haberman, you know, is the is the uh, one of the best, if not the best, reporters on the Trump beat because everybody talks to mm. her. So if she says there there intimations that this is a possibility, that's more more intimations than I knew beforehand. So maybe this is like a one percent or two percent it, it, possibility. It's getting its day in the sun. This meme, Donnie Deutsch, I think this morning on Morning Joe or something was talking about Trump dropping well, out. It's even the logical thing for him to do is make a try at a comeback, and you know, and and then and only then if that fails, uh, bail out. But 
by the, you know by that time there's always time for a comeback thanks to the filer faster thesis you can make a comeback in two weeks if he bails two weeks before the election that's too late so if he's going to bail he's got to do it now Lyndon Johnson style give time for a new candidate to come forward people to get to know him the the normal process of the election which would happen faster because of the filer faster thesis would take hold and we'd have an election and and the Democrats would have a very good chance, and then whoever the Mr. X, the Republicans nominated, Tucker Carlson, uh, would uh, would also have a now chance. That's a whole other meme. Uh, I mean, okay. that's a hybrid meme because well, the, uh, the the real the standard meme is Tucker in twenty twenty four. But I'm my sure point you're is, on board with that. But, my, but I am on board with it. But, but, but my point is, if they pass this bill, this immigration bill in twenty twenty one, twenty twenty four is too late. If they pass the bill, it's over. Tucker's philosophy is dead, dead, dead. Uh, there's no point running in 2024 because the die will have been cast. We're not going to kick immigrants out of the country once they're here. We're not even going to take them off the pathway to citizenship. Uh, it's an irreversible decision. So Tucker 2024 is too late. You need Tucker 2020 or somebody else 2020. I had mentioned Tom Cotton last, like a couple of episodes ago, just because I thought you got to throw some bone to the neocons and the Republican to some segment of the Republican Party, uh, and 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 Cotton is good on immigration and other issues, and so uh, throw throw the 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 uh, permanent war party a, a bone by advocating Tom Cotton instead of Josh Hawley, who is Tom Cotton without the neocon foreign policy. But I thought I convinced you that Tom Cotton is actually nuts. He actually authored legislation. That. Saying, as that. a congressman, he authored oh, he legislation. To kill families. Well, not kill them, but he, he said, if you're an Iranian who's violated the sanction, not only will you be punished by the U.S. counter sanctions or something, your offspring, your parents, your grandparents, I think even your aunts and uncles. I mean, it's crazy shit. The guy is crazy. And he was well, constructed in the, probably, in, the, in the Bill Crystal neocon construction laboratories. Uh, he he uh, is... He is a robot. Um, uh, if you remember, remember that that debate I had with David from on blogging heads. Not offhand. You don't remember at the at the Republican convention from and I had a chat in a back room that was recorded. Vaguely, and we were, and we were interrupted because Tom Cotton came into the room and kicked us out basically because he needed it. Another uh, reason you shouldn't vote uh, for him for president. No, but he. Uh, he was very nice. He didn't seem like a robot. He and Frum were very the guy friendly. Is literally, the guy is literally crazy. So, you miss, um, yeah, you, 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 you missed my scoop that he and Frum were very friendly. Oh, that's a shocker. I mean, you know, Tom Cotton is, is yeah, he's, he's neoconcentric. Well, okay. Anyway, um, don't, talk, don't talk over my scoops. Okay. Sorry. My bad. Uh, so anyway, Trump's not going to drop out, right? I mean, for one thing, there is hope for Trump. It is not over. I could sketch a scenario that's COVID related where he wins. Well, the economy is coming back much too fast for the Democrats. uh, Yeah, there was good economic news this week. Uh, And, uh, and, and, uh, And as I've said before, a lot of it isn't about the absolute level of the nation's welfare, financial or otherwise. It's about... Do things seem to be getting better or seem to be getting worse? That's and, true in normal times. I'm not sure it's true when we're coming out of a pit that people think Trump helped make. Well, that's so. a problem. And that's why 
this question is critical that the media is so far ignoring and and uh, about the growing discrepancy between new new case rate and death rate well and there the, are all kinds of possible explanations but it's it's a it's uh some of them would be more auspicious for a trump candidacy than uh his trump's well, re-election than well, others. The, the the dream scenario is deaths don't rise young kids go out and get herd immunity for the rest of us somehow don't transmit it to their parents so we're in a pretty good pretty good shape four months from now uh, I guess isn't that, is that what you're talking about? That's the positive. That's one, and you want some some evidence. So one thing that makes that seem plausible to me is like this week I actually listened into an episode of a podcast called "The Week in Virology," the, and the funny thing is this podcast has been around for years and years, and these guys their ship has finally come in. I mean, this is like <laughs> this is like the nerdiest the nerdiest podcast ever. You can't understand almost any of it, and the jokes are significantly worse than our jokes, with all due respect for these people. Okay, it's a really nerdy podcast, but they you can tell they're having their day in the sun, and they're basking in it, and, and some of the stuff is actually valuable. And, and they had – I mean, some of it you just can't understand some weeks, but they had this guy on every once in a while. They have a clinical update on COVID from a, a guy who works in the New York area – and I'll tell you, they really are getting more and more of a handle on how to treat it. I mean, you got Remdesivir coming online, which he wasn't that high on, but is non-trivial, may be available before terribly long in, in like aerosolized form, not just via injection. Uh, you've got the steroid drug that he was um, high on, and those are nicely complementary. Remdesivir is for the beginning, on early, you know, uh, right after you get the disease. The other one's for later. Uh, I didn't realize that there are anticoagulants they're using that have some value. The, there's the blood plasma thing from people who uh, right. are immune, which are starting to ramp up. Right. Um, so it seems to me, I mean, there are a lot of possible sources. Also, T-cells. T-cells. I mean, it, it's just clearly, and they're going to learn more and more. And, and there are other steroids that may be even more effective than this steroid. And so I, I think it's not implausible at all that deaths never uh, ramp up very significantly. Uh, I, think, me, I, I think they'll get higher, but, but so that's the, that's the, okay. the, the upside for Trump. I have, I uh, have a downside scenario uh, me, too, but go ahead. The, the, uh, the, the, the cases started to ramp up around June 15th. So if you figure three weeks, which seems to like a generous, time for it to show up in the desk, but maybe not if it's young people getting it, then they have to pass it to the old people, and then the old people have to go through the standard mm-hmm. process. You, would, you wouldn't expect it to definitely have showed up until this coming week. So I think this coming week is the test, and looking at California, it's it's at least plateauing, maybe going up a bit, and I claim if you look at the world meters chart of u.s daily deaths it is plateaued it's certainly not going down um so it's it stuck at around 600 no, a day the claim i made that uh right now the seven-day rolling average of deaths is right at 400 if not a little lower i mean 500 i mean 500 but it is a little lower than a week ago but that aside um the uh you know, there's all kinds of other reasons that that uh, the death rate could be low. But I think there's a real chance that it just never gets up to a thousand again. Uh, 
maybe not even to 800 again. And at one point it was at 2000. Um, and it could conceivably get lower and lower. I mean, after all, the, the case rate is not going to rise forever because, you know, people are responding to the fact that the case rate is rising and they're clamping down a little in these states where it's worse. But right. here's what I, one thing I think Trump does have to worry about, even if the death rate drops or, or, or doesn't rise again. Um, I think it will rise at least a little within a couple of weeks, but right. can I just, the, 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 you know, all along people have known that, that this disease can do damage um short of death that is enduring and i think pretty recently results from a study came out of the the asymptomatic infections on that cruise ship the diamond princess right. and something like they did t- ct scans of the lungs and something like half of them had abnormalities now i don't know if they were really clinically significant abnormalities but i'll tell you if it turns out if we learn more and more and, and it turns out that even like one in five people can are you know are going to have some kind of lasting negative impact. I think in a way that's a, a more serious problem than deaths because because then you're talking about people's kids. You're not just saying you know Trump's blunder hastened the death of your grandparent by two years. It's like your kids uh, m- may well have lung damage that will that will become a serious problem when they're does, older. Or blah blah blah. It, does this sort of th- Non-fatal damage also only affect mainly old people, or does it affect young people just as much? Oh no, I think I think given the fact that the asymptomatic were themselves much more likely to be young, it must be the case that I didn't see it broken down by age. But you I, would I, think it would. Well, okay, you'd think it would have the same same skew, but maybe not. The um the um I had some thought, but it's gone. So anyway, but 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 I can imagine him now on the downside for Trump. I thought Biden did. Oh, go ahead. My thought is 500 a day is 180,000 dead people a year. That's unacceptable. It's definitely not great. Yeah. Okay. go ahead. Um, But I can imagine. I mean, if we get the case rate under control, I can imagine the death rate going continuing to decline, uh, you know, if you get the case rate under control as we learn more and more. And Francis want- Collins apparently said there is a real chance of a, a vaccine by the end of the year, but that, that's not soon enough for Trump. Well, Francis Collins is? He's the head of, uh, I think, NIH. He, oh, he's okay. Anthony Fauci's boss. Okay. He's not one of these two blogger podcasters. <laughs> no, he's not. Okay. He's not a podcaster. Okay. Well, I only um, listen to podcasters. I don't get all my news from podcasters if. Scott Galloway doesn't talk about it. It didn't happen. Who is Scott Galloway again? Kara Swisher's. You don't know Scott Galloway? He's the king of all media now. He's Kara Swisher's podcast partner. He's on Vice. He's he he's like uh, I don't know. He's like uh, you know. He's who was who was the guy who was head of both the Kennedy Institution, the Brookings Institution, and and then he produced the World Crisis that. Plunged the globe into poverty. Jim Johnson was the king of Washington. Scott that, Galloway. That, is, Scott Galloway is on Vice. Hmm. He's on Vox. I mean, you hmm. know, he, he, you know, he's going to have a show on ABC soon. I'm sure. I mean, he's like, I still will not have heard of him. <laughs> he's a business professor. He's very engaging. He's 
Kara Swisher's Ed McMahon, although he's now overshadowing Kara Swisher because he's more interesting. Uh, and, um, uh, so anyway, he's a leading Are you saying Kara guy. Swisher's not interesting? I mean, she has attained great prominence herself. She's, she's got a New York she, Times column. She's interesting. She's incredibly well connected and, and, you know, savvy, but I, I, you know, she's, she's lapsed into fairly hack leftism at this point. Yes. And Galloway um, is, is more eclectic. Before we move on beyond presidential politics, did you watch Joe Biden's press conference or part of it? No, I didn't. I, I, I watched maybe, I think there was about 40 minutes of questions, 30 minutes. I watched about half. I watched 15 or 20 minutes. He was actually not that bad. I, I thought it was bad news for Trump. And there was one key moment where the reporter asked him two questions. And he answered the second one first, and it took him like a couple of minutes to answer it. And you're sitting there on the edge of the seat, and you're like, Joe, are you, you going to remember the first question? Because, you know, I have had times when I was like speaking no, in public, and I go, Do you, can you remind me of the first? But he I remembered just, I just the had first one 15 question. Seconds ago. Um, he remembered the first question, and he he wasn't bad. And I don't think the questions – I don't think he knew of the questions in advance. He, he had a list of people he called on, but uh, I don't think the – questions were like rigged oh, you, you you can never discount that uh but uh well is that true i mean these are reputable members of major media outfits i mean they I, I have a vague memory of some obama thing where he knew the questions were going to come up what they were going to well, sometimes up. they do uh, plant a question with a specific friendly person okay maybe that was it but um never underestimate the friendliness of the press with joe biden or the antipathy with trump i mean uh but yes uh but it's a low bar, and Biden. It, it know, is a low it, bar, and, and it, it wasn't it, perfect. But it was. And if like, Biden's that good in the debate, they're going to say he'll do. Definitely, right? yeah. It um, will be bad news for Trump if there's not a bigger Biden slip up than there was this time. Yes. Was it bad enough? I mean, my line is that uh, Trump's uh, pitch should not be Joe Biden is sleepy, and it shouldn't be that Joe Biden commits gaffes. It's that Joe Biden is not in charge of the Joe Biden administration. In other words, he's not a strong enough figure. Well, what the Trump message is, it's not sleepy. It's a Joe Biden, Biden is not in charge of Joe Biden's brain. It, it, Trump right, is he's in, super explicit on the He's in charge of his issue. brain, but he's, he's basically going to be a figurehead and the aides are going to be deciding the policy. And who are these aides or what are they going to decide? And you're saying he was sharp enough it's probably a risky strategy because it's pretty easy for him to show he's in charge uh and probably one of the last impulses to go will be the in charge impulse if he's a politician but um would he have would he have satisfied the test that he's in control of his own administration yeah oh yeah i i think so with this with this performance you're saying that that this is part two of trump's message His, his first part is biden is out to lunch cognitively. And have you seen some of the ads, the Trump ads? They're not just super PAC ads. They're Trump. Trump comes on and says, I no. approve this message. Oh, man. It's like Joe Biden is in cognitive decline. It's like, <laughs> I don't know if that's the exact wording, but it's unbelievable. And it's just a series of things, including some dishonest ones. One of them, he says, he says, I thought it was 1920. And you can just tell that what he he's saying is like a reference to the depression, right? It's right. like, it, it, you, you know that without even looking it up, that it's that dishonest. But anyway, it's a series of clips supposedly showing well, it, him disoriented. 
And they do like a fact checker thing and says, no, the depression wasn't 1920, it was 1930. They don't even do that. They they want you to think that Joe Biden literally thought it was 1920 before he was born. He really got mixed up. They want Hmm. this Trump ad wants you to think that he thought it was before he was born. uh, I I keep harking back to Governor Pat Brown, uh, the beloved three term, I think, governor of California. Uh, And he was a total bumbler. And it became a shtick. I mean, you were sort of upset if he didn't bumble yeah. in his speech. So, um, uh, plus the, well, plus Eisenhower, the, Eisenhower had a little of that. that plus was the, a, oh, really? I didn't know that. Oh, totally. Plus the bumbling, uh, his, his very ineffectiveness in the debates had a sort of humanizing quality, like that he was the only guy who stopped when they told him to stop. Everybody else barrels through. Well, you talking about, you talking about Biden now or? Yeah. The, his 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 weakness humanizes him. It makes him seem like okay, I stop. It's not such a big deal, you know. Um, uh, I, I thought that was appealing. Uh, on his well, that was, I thought that I thought that was Tim Kaine's mistake. He was too deferential. Um, Biden, I, I remember, is being pretty reasonably aggressive in the debates, but there were no, there no, were no more, a couple there times he stopped. A couple times they they said, "Oh, stop oh you mean I, oh you mean the the uh, Democratic debates?" Yeah. Yeah, oh, I thought you meant the vice presidential debates. Yeah. Oh, he was, he was wildly oh, over totally. It was, it was, yeah. Oh, well, there was the famous one where yeah. he said, my time is up and everybody took that for a yeah. metaphor, like, yeah, yeah get right. off stage. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, so we haven't done the, 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 uh, fantasy baseball speculation over who could replace Trump in the Republican party. Have we? No, but first let me mention that I think Susan Rice, uh, I think the betting odds on her should be a little up. Uh, uh, for vice president for, for Biden. Uh, I, I, I think, well, I think, I mean, maybe not. I, I think it depends. I think if, if the big concern is the cognitive issue and who could replace Biden, she's probably the best. And if the big concern is how do we get people in their twenties and thirties who are progressive, but not totally woke, if they're totally woke, they're, they're not going to like Kamala Harris. But, but if we're, you know, if we want to get some young progressive energy, who do we want? Then you want Kamala Harris. But I think it's probably going to be one of those. What two. a great Although, choice. I mean, when they asked Biden, he, he made a point of mentioning several ethnicities uh, when they asked him at the press conference. Yeah. He mentioned Asian. Oh, by the way, I made a mistake in a podcast and called Tammy Duckworth white. Her, I think her you apologize. White. No, I didn't apologize for that one. I, I thought last week you brought it up. OK. I apologize for a different one every week, and I'm and I'm not done. I've got more apologies I'm saving. But anyway, I her father's should, white, her mother's Thai. You should apologize for apologizing for the same thing twice in a row. I I did not apologize for <laughs> Tammy Duckworth. <laughs> I, my anyway, um, Susan Rice always seemed to me a, a um, not a second rater, but a, if you're rating on a conventional scale, a, a B plus B person in terms of competence. Uh, and the idea that she would be president is a little horrifying. But she comes off as reasonably presidential. I mean, she I'm has, not a fan of hers uh, on, on grounds of little, foreign policy she, ideology. She, she has a certain amount of anger in her that doesn't sit well. Could be. So you're a Kamala guy? You think Kamala is... is... No, I'd probably prefer her to Kamala. At least she knows what's going on in the government. Uh, but... um uh, that's a, a bad choice you're, you're giving me there. Well, um, you know, Biden's kind of boxed himself in. Are you, are you saying that she's the front runner because the Democrats are becoming the neocon foreign policy party? 
And did you see what hap- happened in Congress? They're they're trying. The Democratic House is passing a resolution to prevent Trump from withdrawing from Afghanistan, making him require all, all these notices, and it's joining forces with Lynn Cheney. So we had the great prospect, great prospect last week of the Democrats were the Trump wanted to withdraw from a foreign conflict and have a universal basic income for a while. The Democrats were opposed to the universal basic income on uh, work-related grounds and were for staying in in a, a an endless war. So the parties have completely flipped on those two issues, if only for a moment. You but maybe it, it won't. Maybe go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I've given one. No, they have. I, I mean, because I mean, this is the, the the disease of our time is everyone's politics are organized around the people they hate the most. If you hate Trump the most, you're opposed to everything he's in favor of and you're in favor of everything he's opposed to. A slight oversimplification, but a good example is Afghanistan and foreign policy in general. Now, you know, um, and by the way, this gives me a chance to complain about the uh, New York Times, which I love to do. Give me, give me a second to actually grab this copy of the New York okay. Times. It'll only take me a second. Um, I should... I should entertain people with a patriotic display. Apparently, I was wrong about it only taking me a second. Apparently, right. it will take me forever. Damn it, it's it's here somewhere, and I will not rest until I found it. But it was an incredibly – it was the lead piece in the uh, New York Times physical paper yesterday. Uh, it is around here somewhere. But um, – it was a total editorial and it was about um it was about the afghanistan the story that they uh the soviets were paying uh bounties on american right. soldiers and they got um you know they did this piece and and uh oh damn it the the subhead was something like uh russia increasingly on on the uh, on the offense U.S. Uh, it's worse. It's worse than anything I can actually drum up. I'm almost tempted to like. Let me. I, I want to pause, and we'll actually cut this out. Unless you want to do a monologue. Do you want to do a monologue while I'm looking for this? I want to no. find this. Go ahead. We'll do a monologue, and if it's bad, we'll cut it out. Anyway, we'll cut. We'll <laughs> cut the silence out. What, what I guarantee people is they're not about to hear a lot of silence. Just a second. Okay, I found it. Took uh, a lot of great. work. Okay. I, I, I fear that I'm gonna. Uh, fail to meet expectations having built it up so much but this is the lead story in the physical paper you would like it to not be just an editorial and the headline is putin on offense as trump stands on the sidelines but and then the subhead (laughs) well i know that's bad enough but the subhead is russia's hostility is clear a u.s strategy isn't and and like what they do i mean it's written by david sanger who I don't want to call him a warmonger because I think uh, what the, the huge contribution he's made over his career to making various wars more likely is more a product of the fact that he's kind of a hype artist who's good at, at amping up antagonisms as a way of getting on the front page, which he's very good at. It's co-authored by Eric Schmidt, whom I was actually once on a panel with. He's, he seemed like a, a reasonable guy. Um, but anyway, they, 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 they put together, they, they add this news, which, you know, and in the lead, they concede that, um, 
they, they write, the intelligence finding that Russia was most likely paying a bounty for the lives of Americans. So they're conceding that we don't even know for sure this is happening. And then they, then they add in a couple of other data points that supposedly indicate uh, new Russian hostility and try to turn it into this, um, this trend story. And I don't, I'm sorry. I, uh, you know how I feel well, about the degeneration of American journalistic students. Yeah, well, it, it, I think every reporter in the country now knows that if they can give – they have to give their pieces an extra anti-Trump twist uh, to survive the 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 purge of uh, of reactionary white racists, and uh, uh, but also the, certainly the way to get on the front page is to give it an extra extra anti-Trump twist, even if it's not really borne out. But I, I'm never clear whether those paragraphs are written by the, right, the reporters or by the editors. Do you mean the like the the first paragraphs? two the hype paragraphs the thesis paragraphs the anti-Trump? I I think it uh, varies. I I think somebody like Sanger is by now so good at it that you they probably think. don't do a lot. And I once I once thought that David Carr's hype paragraph was written for him, and that was wrong. He he told me to my face that it was wrong. He was incredibly gracious. He was Jesus. he he was great. He was clearly um, uh, such a good writer that he wouldn't need a lot of help, but. Um, yeah. But but the thing um, about Sanger is he was doing this kind of thing before Trump. He is just he is just a hype artist. I mean, I think I told you uh, in the earlier incarnation of our conversations that I talked to a guy who was covering Japan uh, in the Tokyo Bureau for the Wall Street Journal when Sanger was there for the New York Times. Um, and, and, and it would happen time and again that Sanger would write a piece and the journal's editors would call these guys and say, why weren't you on this story? And they'd explain, it's not really a story. And so they came up with a term, Sangerized. They'd right. say they'd been Sangerized <laughs> uh, because this happened so often. Anyway, uh, and one of the, the things he exaggerates is uh, the grounds for conflict between nations. Thank you for that. Okay. Um, uh, I, that was music to my ears. Uh, but um, but the, my point is that the Democrats in the House are now – pursuing that uh uh perversely um yeah so, no it's it's uh, uh so but there i mean is, I, i'm a little worried if we pull out of afghanistan won't the result be the same as in vietnam the capital will be overrun and dark days will descend uh on even the parts of the country that had been resistant to the taliban Speaking we, of the do, do, speaking of the television, can I just make one more point? In in a in a properly functioning, if our if our nation were a properly functioning national information processing system, you would have at least heard more people point out that the reason the Taliban even exists is because decades ago the U.S. was paying people to kill Soviet soldiers in Afghanistan. I mean, I don't know, we were paying bounties, but we amped up. You know, we basically created. Um, a, a kind of nationalist jihad to to get them bogged down in Afghanistan and or chase them out, and the ensuing chaos gave birth to the to the Taliban. Not that not that this justifies what the Russians are doing, but it would be, you know, I mean, we do this kind of stuff, you know, all the time. We pay a, people to kill people in other countries. There was a mediocre Aaron Sorkin movie about that. That's, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't so mediocre. I don't. Know. I haven't. Which seen one it. was this? The one about Joe? Who was the, what was the guy's name? This was Julia Roberts and Philip Seymour Hoffman and somebody. Somebody's war. 
Was yeah, the guy, the guy. Well, they kind of heroized the. Didn't they kind of make a hero of the guy who? I think um, so. Who armed the? I think so. Mujahideen. Yeah, I forget um, his name. The uh, that's a good point. Uh, the uh. Anyway, I'm um. I have a bunch of topics, but you go ahead. You're the you're the I, you're the I, I, you're I the could, master in this. I'm I could sp- rest. I could rest a while. I've made some of the. Okay. Well, as long as we're on the um. We might as well talk about the other big news of the day, which is uh, the Epstein case and Jelaine Maxwell's arrest. Uh, I have, uh, as you know, she was the sort of right-hand wo- ex-girlfriend, right-hand woman, alleged procurer of the Epstein operation. Presumably she knows all the secrets. Uh, she can rat out whatever uh, big names participated in whatever Epstein provided for his big names. Uh, there, there's been a sort of dearth of big names, new big names so far. Uh, but everybody's waiting for who does she names next? Uh, the only politicians that have been named, and not by her, but by some of the plaintiffs against, uh, Epstein are, uh, Bill Richardson, no surprise there, and, uh, George Mitchell, big surprise there. And what do these peop- two people have in common, Bob? Uh, run the, uh, they're Democrats, Bill Clinton. They're I don't know. big international negotiators. If, uh, and, and, you know, Mitchell is a revered figure in Ireland because he brokered the peace treaty there. He was later the Middle East, uh, our Middle East negotiation point man. Sounds like you're backing uh, into a pretty epic uh, conspiracy theory. I, I, I'm liking it. It's this. not an epic. It's the, sta- the standard conspiracy theory was it was a Mossad sting operation. To blackmail yeah. these people. Yeah, I first heard that from you if, on a uh, uh, in one of these conversations about six I mean, eight months ago. But yeah, I mean, Jelaine Maxwell's father was allegedly in the Mossad. Who knows? Not in it, uh, but an asset, Robert. Yeah, and, and, and possibly and, he worked with other uh, nations' intelligence agencies also. Right, but okay. Mossad is the in, one in most is, often mentioned. But anyway, he's um, and so it's not inconceivable that she would uh, retain ties and. Everybody Epstein was involved in was somehow pro-Israel. So there's that. Not everybody. Uh, but Well, pretty yeah. less Wexner. I mean, the, the major principles are well, Alan Dershowitz. The major principles all tend to be fairly pro-Israeli. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but they do all tend to be that. Um, uh, and then there's and then there's Alex Acosta saying she, he was told to back off because Epstein was a security is- issue. Quote here. Here is the quote. Did you watch this? Uh, the first episode no. of the Netflix. You didn't. Not well. Um, I uh, I encourage you to. It's a it's a four part series. It's it's not bad. It doesn't get into the conspiracy theories. Uh, but as for the, um, it, 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 it it's a good. It, it gets you part way to understanding what a monster Epstein must yeah. have been. The um. But anyway, uh, in, in that I was reminded that that the the exact. The exact version of what you just alluded to is when Alex Acosta was being vetted by the Trump administration for his cabinet position, which I guess was secretary of labor, according to a report in the Washington Post, when they asked him why he, as prosecutor in Florida, let Epstein off the hook, gave him super light, ridiculously light uh, sentence. That's not completely fair, but go ahead. It's pretty fair. But anyway, supposedly, according to this Washington Post report, he told the Trump vetters that he was told 
that Epstein, quote, belonged to intelligence. So I don't know who told him that, but that would indicate if if true. uh, And if the people who told him that were telling the truth and in position, no, that would mean either he was a U.S. intelligence asset or uh, U.S. intelligence officials were doing a favor to the Mossad by uh, cutting the legs out of this legal case. And the, the weak version of that is, you know, well, he, he blackmailed everybody and, and, and helped everybody. You know, he helped Israel, he helped the United States. If he could mm-hmm. buy some favor with so-and-so, he was just sort of an equal opportunity blackmailer. Uh, the strong version of his, that he was financed lock, stock, and barrel by the Mossad. If you, the more you read about him, the more he didn't do a whole lot to generate all the income. I mean, I don't think he even had the energy to money launder, which is supposed to be the, the key to making millions of dollars if you're corrupt. Uh, yeah. so, uh, he, he spent all his time lounging around the pool chasing after underage women. So it's like, it's like, uh, somebody was financing him pretty much a hundred percent. Maybe I'm wrong. But anyway, I had two thoughts about Jillian Maxwell. One is, why was she in the United States? She was cited supposedly in Paris. Uh, you mean why is she, she in the United States now? By the way, why, I have something they, to why, add to the why conspiracy. Why did they capture her in the United States? If, if, if she was the, one of the most hunted women in, you know, in the country, you wouldn't set foot in the United States. You'd stay in France overseas where they could, where the FBI couldn't well, get where you. Where was she when uh, he Epstein died? I don't think we know, do we? Maybe she was but, just here and it was hard to get out without being caught. It's probably what she in the in the interim. She's been spotted in Paris. No, I think uh, those could have been pl- things she arranged. I don't think she was actually spotted. I think it there was were these a, reports. It was telltale jewelry. She had, was wearing right, tel- but then, but I think one of those turned out to be a picture from several years ago or something. The picture several years ago was eating at the uh, at the uh, burger place in Studio City. <laughs> you know, it's getting it's getting embarrassing how much attention both of us have paid to I this. Win. You I have Bob, another admission along you. those lines. I that actually, I'll, I'll get I to. actually went to the burger place in, in <laughs> Studio City. <laughs> now this to reminds check it out, me of okay? this reminds me of I was so deep into the O.J. Simpson case that when I was like just passing through L.A., I was just like there with a few hours to kill. I I took my rental car out to O.J.'s house. I wanted to see the scene, and I also went to Nicole's uh, condo where she was killed, and and that's embarrassing. But I did. It was many years ago. I was young. Yeah, I. I pass by those all the time. Uh, so, so wait, uh, that um, so so anyway, so why was she here? And the obvious answer is she's already cut some sort of deal with the FBI. Everything we're seeing is sort of a a, a show designed to disguise the fact is is like a stage managed play, uh, perhaps Kabuki. Uh, well, why why does that, it need uh, to look like this? Why do they care if it looks like she was this hard to get? I guess because they don't want to make it look like they're like just in cahoots with. I, that's a good question. I guess they don't want to make it look like it's all. People are very suspicious if something looks like it's all arranged, especially in this case. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they, you know, and if and if their secret plan is to is to muzzle her later, you don't want to make it look like it's a deal from the get go. Uh, which which uh, raises my second of actually three po- points, which is. Uh, can they keep her safe? I mean, I mean, excellent the, question. I'm, I, I'm convinced that I'm getting some grief because I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, you know, trained, uh, what are the words for people who, who ought, do autopsies? I'm not a trained, uh, 
coroner? I don't know. Do, I not a trained coroner. It seems to me clear that the neck wound on Epstein's neck. You tweeted was, a picture of the neck wound, man. Thin wire. Well, it's pretty convincing. That should have a trigger warning. I didn't know that it was going to pop up. I thought I was just linking, but then it popped up. What can I say? Mm. Um, and then I thought it's pretty convincing. It's a very thin wound. And, uh, as if, as if he was garroted with a wire and everybody said, how do you know that the sheets didn't make that wound? Well, I don't, but, uh, A, it was a point made by the coroner hired by, uh, Epstein's lawyers, who is a, Dr. Bodden, who's a, he's a paid coroner, so you have to discount what he said. And I've gotten some emails from people who said, I used to work in that and that's a telltale sign. Pointing to some other sign, some hemorrhaging, not not to the neck wound. So I'm pretty confident that it looks mighty suspicious. And as you know, the the that particular prison is a hellhole uh, run. Uh, you don't have to agree with it. Run by a, a gang, uh, and uh, they could easily have killed Epstein, and they can kill Jelaine too. I think maybe they only control some floors of the prison. Maybe they don't curl. Well, the but it would part. take it would take a bigger. Con- you know, I mean, more people would have to be involved. Remember that he was supposedly on suicide watch. Oops, the cameras aren't working. Oops, the guards are like asleep or something. And then, by in your account, the coroner is in on it, the official coroner, because he found it was plausibly a suicide. So this, this I can't has explain to be, the coroner, except it's the de Blasio administration. And, no, I mean, and this is what scared me about it to begin with when you first trotted out the conspiracy theory is like the implications of this is are that like if you are sufficiently powerful and, and the people, if, if there are people who wanted him dead, they could plausibly be very powerful, like including two uh, presidents, one president and one former president of the United States. But. The implication is you can get anything done, right? You can you no. can get anybody killed in any prison in a way that will be cover upable. No, this is term. this is a particularly bad prison controlled by a vicious gang. Okay? No, but again, it's not they, enough that the gang they, kills him, Mickey. It took a, it took more players in the conspiracy. It took the coroner. It took the guards. It took the prison itself. Once the, once, once he was dead, it was pretty embarrassing to admit he was killed. So that could have just been bureaucratic ass covering and why were the video cameras not working you think that they made that up and they really were working i think the gangs know how to fuss with the video cameras oh god i don't think it's that hard i don't think the gangs can roam the prison freely they can kill people in the prison yard and stuff like anyway look i'm not so sure anyway anyway they could have just killed him because they don't like child molesters and nobody could have told them because they're the code of the gang is you don't you know, rape underage girls. I don't know. It beats the hell out of me. Um, but the point is, Jelaine Maxwell, I, I, they can't seriously be be thinking of putting her back in the same prison because that would just be too obvious. If they put her back in the same prison and she's killed, they can't get away with that. That would be too... Well, maybe she'll be, be killed in another prison. Right, but they must be... Hold, but why are the stories saying she could go back to the same prison? Is it just reporters sangerizing it? Or is it... Uh, is it that they're trying to scare her? Um, they, may, they may be trying to scare her. And I have a third. What's the third? The third thing is, is it a coincidence, Bob, mm-hmm. that uh, uh, the F- they discover her and the FBI said, we recently learned she moved into this new estate, the estate where they found her, okay? Uh, uh, and what happened right before... Perhaps they recently learned it. You, um, you won't get this one. Right before that, they didn't know it? 
I don't know. No. <laughs> you tell Steve, me. Steve Bing committed suicide. Steve Bing is this pal of. We mentioned him. We discussed him last right. week. I He's, was getting him mixed up with Steve Wynn. Right. Steve Bing was this heir to a real estate fortune. He was a figure around Hollywood. He was went out with Elizabeth Hurley and fathered her child, who turned 18 recently, and who he never met before he died. He never met his child. Can you believe that? Um, anyway, um, uh, and he was a screenwriter and sort of tried to, was sort of a Hollywood wannabe who tried to work his way into Hollywood as a screenwriter. And then as a producer, he actually had one success as a producer, uh, but he was uh, definitely like a playboy around town. I love with, the way you're dragging this out because I actually am on the edge of my seat. I mean, you're arguing that well, there is a connection between that and Jeffrey Epstein. I, I, well, it's sort of it's sort of hard to believe that there is no connection. I know no, I don't know of one. <laughs> Why? Why is well, that? Well, just I don't know of it. I don't. But this guy in, in Kim Masters' story, Kim Masters wrote the piece that the LA Times didn't write, which is a, a thorough. Uh, you know, investigation of all his ties to Anthony Pelicano. This, uh, this. This detective. is Steve Wynn. We're still on, or Jeffrey this is Steve Bing, and 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 Steve Bing. He claim he claims to have been friends with Heidi. Still be friends with Heidi Fleiss, the Hollywood madam. Hey, if we could draw um, that scandal into this, that would be great. Well, she now takes care of ailing parrots, so I think she's not them too. Let's bring them. In. That's that's the deepest level, Bob. After you get to the after you get to the three, we have found Jalea, the head of the snake. You go into you go into the parrot room. That's where it all happens. Anyway, um, uh, the point is, I'm not saying he was involved. I'm saying he had a big Rolodex, and when he's dead, the police search his room and they find his address book or his computer, and it says Jelaine mm. Maxwell it gives a phone number. But do we know of any her, connection okay? between him and Ghislaine? Is it Ghislaine or Jelaine? No, but I'm just speculating that it's a little suspicious that, that this thing happened, <laughs> and then all of a sudden they 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 discover where Jelaine is. Uh, and the, just the explanation against it is less so much that he wouldn't he wouldn't know her because you know he's pals with Bill Clinton, and they jet around now the country talking. together. This is the closest okay? we've had to a connection. Okay, but there's no evidence. I have no evidence of him and Epstein. But he knew everybody. He just looked like he was a people person, Bob. He knew everybody. And, uh, so, um, the, I don't the know. best ex- and, he, and he kept track with Heidi Fleiss, who is a, you know, convicted madam, I think. If these are your standards convicted. of evidence, I'm so, starting to wonder about some of your specu- uh, anti-immigration the, arguments. The, the main speculation, the main reason it's wrong is not that the speculation is wrong, but the police would never be so efficient actually to take a tip like that and arrest somebody 10 days later. It just takes them too long. So wait, now you're dismissing the theory you just built out no, of thin air? No, that was the best argument that was made against me. I don't think it's a very good argument. I think the police are efficient enough to act within 10 days. So um, anyway, that's it's speculation. It may not be true. I'm just saying funny coincidence. Um, well, uh, now do you want to hear – uh, do you want to get into? I, I I know some things too. Do you want to get deeper into the conspiracy yeah, stuff? Absolutely. I, I, I mean, I, I have to, to admit, we I, can, I went we, I went a little go, bit down the rabbit hole. So we go, watched this. Go to the parrot room. <laughs> so my that can be our term for it, it's like yeah. it's it's there's bringing out the moose and there's going to the parrot room and they mean yeah, okay, different well, things. Bob, Bob's going to go to the parrot room now. I'm going to go to the parrot room. So wait, what exactly is that going to mean? It's like get deeply. It's is it, it's not just into the weeds, right? It's like it's like into the, the weeds about a conspiracy. Does it have to be a conspiracy? Sure. It's like it's like 
You you thought this was just about bondage and sex, but really there's a deeper but level. Really, of, let me there's take a deeper you level into of the fetish. Room. There's yeah. a deeper level of fetish involved. It's not okay. about sex. It's about parents, or maybe sex with parents. Anyway, go ahead. Um. So anyway, I got a little into the conspiracy theory rabbit hole. It, it started innocently enough. I, I either my wife or daughter recommended that we watch the Netflix thing. We watched right. the Netflix thing. Right. That four parts. It's pretty good. Doesn't get into the conspiracy. The next day, I'm going on a bike ride with a friend who is, he's not a conspiracy theorist, but he is conspiracy theory literate. So he like knows a lot more about the right. JFK assassin, assassination than I do. He doesn't have bad judgment about these things, right. but he's interested. So he mentions the name of this journalist who, you know, a kind of a, I mean, some might say French journalist. She's certainly not mainstream, but she's totally into Epstein. So I Googled her and it turns out she had interviewed um, Maria Farmer, who if you watch the the uh, Epstein series, it starts with these two sisters, the Farmer sisters, who um, Epstein uh, got involved with not as sexually as he would have liked, but in the 90s, in, in, in like 1996. Is this, and, is this Conchita Sarnoff you're talking about? No, they're the, they're the okay. Farmer sisters. Maria Farmer. No, the journalists. No, her name is uh, Whitney something. But anyway, okay. she, she, yeah. there's a YouTube interview between her and, and uh, Maria Farmer. Farmer. Yeah. And I want to say, look, Maria Farmer has obviously been traumatized. She now has cancer. And, you know, she – there's a – not manic, but there's, there's an intensity and in some cases uh, – at the same time, a kind of meandering quality to her, her, her presentation. Well, her, her discourse that she's, she's an artist. She's a lot to me. Right. It might make you, I'm just saying it might make you wonder, but, but it seems to me that there's a lot of stuff she said that you could pretty much take to the bank. I mean, she's sincere. She's credible. Yeah. Fundamentally, I think, even though she herself may make surmises that are not warranted, but right. I think the things she specifically bears witness to leave aside how she interpreted them. I think are pretty solid and it's just pretty interesting because she was not, you know, she wasn't one of these Epstein on the one hand had these young, often poor teenage girls like in Florida that he just right. brought them in for the, the massage and they would take their tops off and he would masturbate or however the hell it worked. And um, so there was one, these, this was a whole category of women he exploited, but then there were these women who were of, you know, uh, somewhat more refined. They were often not teenagers. This woman was not a teenager. Um, she was, I think, graduating from the New York Academy of Art, which, by the way, is run by a woman, or was, by a woman named Eileen Guggenheim, who, according to Maria Farmer, is not a real Guggenheim, just changed her name to Guggenheim so that uh, people in the art world would be impressed. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> and she is a friend of Epstein, and she she put Farmer in contact with Epstein. But... Uh, Anyway, this Maria Farmer woman, by her account, for like close to a year, she just worked for them. There was nothing. They didn't ask her to do anything illicit. She was just like at the mansion. And then eventually they did, when she said she wanted to, she was going to leave, go work somewhere else. They said, well, well, no, why don't, we'll get you a lot of money to go paint a mural for Les Wexner. Right. You know, the guy who, who owned Vic, Victoria's Secret right. and had that weirdo complex of mansions probably still does in ohio and virtually owns that town it's a weird right. it's a weird set it's a creepy setup to begin with anyway 
so I actually listened to that conversation. Um, and a couple of things come out. Um, first of all, by her account, uh, Les Wexner, I use, I just use the term the head of the snake. That's the term she uses for him. She says she almost depicts, uh, Epstein as like mid-level management. And I mean, on the one hand, she says, Epstein always said he had Wexner wrapped around his finger because maybe Wexner had a crush on him or something. But, but she, she actually, and, and it's kind of poignant, you know, she says that when she first kind of, I think it was right after she got out of the compound. I mean, here's what happened. So she spends the time at the Ohio compound. She, she has been working for them for a while and apparently knows by her account, she knows Ghislaine Maxwell fairly well by now because she accompanied her on a lot of things in New right. York and Ghislaine would talk. You know, and then finally, uh, Ghislaine and Epstein show up at what is technically his mansion within the compound, the Wexner compound. And she has been staying there for some time under weird ground rules where she has to get permission to leave. And, and at that point, by her account, they try to sexually molest her, the two of them together. It's like they're trying to initiate her into the darker regions of the thing, I guess. So anyway, then she, I think, more or less successfully resists. Then she wants to get out of there, and by her account, uh, there's a bodyguard making it hard for her to leave and everything. But anyway, the poignant part is like sometime after that, she calls the FBI. First she calls, I think, the police, and they say, no, we're – you know, she calls the FBI, and and she says they didn't take her seriously enough at least. And you can see why. She's apparently saying like, you know, this involves Donald Trump and no, she wouldn't have said Trump. Well, mm-hmm. she might have said Trump at that point because it, it it already did. But Donald Trump and Bill Clinton and, and Les Wexner is the head of the snake. And she says she <laughs> said that to the FBI. And I'm thinking, like, if you're the FBI, you're thinking either this woman's crazy or she's not. And I don't want to get involved. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because yeah. Clinton is president at that point. Right. Um. Anyway, some interesting things she she said are – um. One, she says the mansion, maybe the, uh, this has probably been reported. She says the mansion in that Epstein lived in was basically given to him by Wexner and was just comprehensively wired to, for surveillance of every aspect. Like everything right. anyone did anywhere was on being right. captured on video. And, and, um. Well, that's true of his mansion in New York too. That's the, that's the mansion I'm talking about. It's the New York mansion. Oh, okay. That's where mansion. she had, she says she had worked for the preceding right. months. And, you know, one thing she says is there were a couple of times during 1996 when when she worked there, when uh, Bill Clinton was going to be the guest. And when that happened, it was like there was a big hubbub, Clinton's coming, and everybody had to clear out except for the chef. She says, like, the chef would know everything if they could get the chef to talk. Um, But, um, and, and, you know, she says... uh, Ghislaine was ta- hanging out with I- Ivana Trump at that point, I guess. Um, and she was with them sometimes when they were actually recruiting or doing that first phase of recruitment of women on the street in Manhattan. Um, but Ivana any- was there when they were recruiting? A court, by her account, Ivana and Ghislaine, this is Ivana, the former wife right, of right, Trump's. Right. I don't know. I don't know if she was still the, the, the wife. Um, but, uh, so anyway, the, the point is, if she's right about the mansion, and remember, we know that Prince Andrew was in, at the mansion, uh, right? And and um, and by the way, the um, 
the woman who says that she was coerced into having sex with Prince Andrew also says she was coerced into having sex with Alan Dershowitz, as you mentioned, right. he figures. But um, if it's true about the mansion, if this woman's account is true, there are a ton of influential men that there is compromising information on potential, well, depending on what they did when the they, Supposedly when they raided the mansion, they came across a meticulously indexed collection of CDs uh, with the names of people on them. Yeah. Uh, and he, he looked like a, the blackmail trove of all time. And I wonder what happened to this trove. And all I've always, my, I should know if I was a reporter, I would know, but somebody should have told us. And, um, uh, I view all these machinations about replacing the U.S. attorney for the Southern District, who's now been replaced, but he managed to negotiate that his trusted aide would continue the prosecution as who controls these tapes. Uh, and if you're the Trump administration, See, what, you think all that is about Epstein, the, the, the firing of the, uh, New York prosecutor? It's one way to look at it, Bob. I don't know. Uh, there's there's so many cases, important well, look, cases that that guy has that there you could look at it some other ways too. But I'm just speculating. If you were Trump, and you yeah. and this suppose they do control this trove, okay? Maybe they don't. Maybe the cops have it. Maybe Epstein's family has. It. I don't know. Uh, but um, you would say you would want it either way. Either it has you on it, in which case you want it. Or it has all your enemies on it, in which case you want it. Now, this is one Either thing, way you want it. Right? One thing to remember, okay, the federal prisons, including the prison where Epstein died, are controlled ultimately by the Trump administration. And there's one of these women, I think I just read this after Ghislaine was arrested, but one of the victims has said that um, at one point Epstein said to Trump, I'm 98% sure this is an accurate recollection on my part. Uh, in reference to her or some other woman, she's not for you. Okay, there, there's just a lot of reason to believe that that there would be compromising information on Trump. Epstein said to a Trump to, about a woman, she's not for you. Maybe may joking. I don't know. Like she's not. No, meaning like he's the one. Like as if Epstein's the one who decides who gets which women. Uh, it was so my she, my, uh, my take. Um, but um, the. Uh, the, that's, it's not implausible that Trump was somehow involved. He did later kick Epstein out of his club. So the, the, he has some anti-Epstein points, too. Well, yeah, but that wasn't that after Epstein was disgraced, but through the initial uh, quasi-prosecution. I, I, I forget. Um, um, the, the, um, but it, it was because it wasn't it was because he was hitting on women in the club, not. So. So not anyway, it, if you're right and, and the reason. Um, I mean, remember, initially Barr was going to not only get rid of the the uh, U.S. attorney in in Lower Manhattan, but replace him with some guy that that Barr wanted to replace him with, and that part of the plan failed, and so the prosecutor was replaced by his deputy, and she. So one scenario, if you're right, that that th- this whole thing was about Epstein. Maybe that's why she acted fast. She's like, who knows, who knows what Barr's going to do next? Let's get this out here. Maybe that's why they, uh, they, they arrested Ghislaine right now. Oh, that's possible. That's a good point. Uh, that's not even in the paragraph. That's an excellent point. The, uh, the, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's front and center. The, uh, there are two conspiracy theories. I think one is that 
Berman was the good guy who was getting to the bottom of this. That would fit with your theory, so they'd want to get it in motion before the Trump Although, bar forces could Although, by the way, Maria, Maria Farmer, I'm, I'm not sure about her judgment, but she speaks disparagingly about Berman. Oh, okay. But for what and that's the third, worth. But- the third thing is that Berman is in on it, and, and he's the bad guy, and he was part of a cover-up, so maybe they want to get the cover-up in motion before... Somebody comes and undoes the cover up, if only by incompetence or accident, or well, perhaps because they're good, a good person. So, or maybe he um, wasn't enthusiastic about, about prosecuting, which is what Maria Farmer says about him. Am I, you know, I may well, have so she, this so wrong. she may want to cut the best deal she can with with Berman's people before new people come on board. That's also possible. Well, it could be the bar got rid of Berman for reasons having nothing to do with this, but he had been keeping a lid on this, and that's his also deputy, possible. Barr's role is very odd. It seems clear to me he lied about Epstein committing suicide. And of course, by the way, among and the bizarre, why did he do that? I don't among, understand. Well, he's in charge of the prison where it happened. He's the attorney general. What? So it's just so embarrassing that he let this guy die, let the most prominent prisoner in the U.S. Kind die of. on his watch. Yeah, I call it embarrassing. It. He is in charge of all the federal prisons. But it's embarrassing if he lets them commit suicide too. Yeah, the non-embarrassing thing would be to actually keep you know. Keep the suicide watch going and make damn sure. I mean, that's the thing. He, Epstein was such an extraordinary prisoner that any you it would not be surprising if a good and conscientious attorney general took special precautions, intervened personally to make sure. Well, oh, actually, should have absolutely. I mean, I mean, I, I to Ann Coulter's credit, a couple of days before he died, she said we have to get this guy to the supermax prison immediately, or he's going to be killed. A good yeah. attorney general would have made sure that he got into a a safe prison. Uh, and that was a notoriously unsafe prison. Uh, uh, so, you know, so I don't know. Barr is... Anyway, I, I, I quit going down the rabbit hole after the Maria Farmer thing. And by the way, she sold on the Mossad theory. But again, questions of her judgment, I don't know about. And, and, and it's odd that by her account, Ghislaine said things to her so supportive of that theory that I almost wondered, is Ghislaine planting things with her so that if she ever talks, she'll sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist, uh, you know? That, that, that's been done. Yeah. But, uh, um, I, so the, uh, the, th- the, but the other, the other, the other pro-Israel presence in the Epstein world is Ehud Barak. Who, uh, yeah, you know, he's involved apparently. Yeah. So, he, uh, um, and anyway, and, and uh, Epstein had other, connections i i think i think epstein it turns out knew robert maxwell and or galane before maxwell died um i mean obviously he knew maxwell was before maxwell died but um um it, it's all anyway it's um that that that, that does not seem implausible it's, not, it's one of the many theories which is that epstein was just just the con the concierge of this service uh that uh some somebody bigger and more powerful than he arranged, and he was just sort of like the guy who picks which guys get which women. Yeah, but it's still and, weird uh, because... And, and keeps the cameras rolling, right? It's so weird because he obviously had an actual perversity that he pursued obsessively of his own. So right. there, was an, there was an intersection, if this is true, there was like an intersection between the imperatives of some national security state somewhere, some intelligence apparatus somewhere, if the conspiracy theory is true. And... Well, uh, Epstein's own 
bizarreness and it's not all that easy to imagine how that happens but i guess it could and it's not it's also not impossible at some point he became inconvenient to them uh because he was so crazy well yeah uh, among, that he was drawing the, attention among the candidates for his his killer if there was one would be whatever intelligence agency right. he was working with as well as the various uh, men he yeah. could have dirt on yeah yeah so my, the, I guess the ultimate the the big question is will we find out the names? I just uh, got a feeling no. I mean, because for one thing, what does it's like? There's nobody for Ghislaine to turn state's evidence on. I mean, if Epstein was still alive, they'd want to get him, and she'd turn states to get him. I, I mean, I guess they can still try to get her to turn states just in order to reveal, well, I guess if some of these men that we think may be involved are criminally involved, uh, they could in theory get her to turn states in order to implicate the, the they, men who are yeah, criminally involved. That's a good point. I mean, at this point it's, it's just purely for informational, for information, right. illustration purposes or whatever. Right. It's, it's the idea is we want to find out what the hell is going on. And that's not really what cops do. They, they, they try to nab people, people in jail. Yeah. Um, so maybe we need a congressional commission. That'll really get to the bottom of it. Um, uh, it's, it's a tough one. Uh, it's, it's, it is hard to see where the overwhelming public interest in learning what the hell is going on, uh, comes into play. If, 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 if Barr isn't going to pursue it, who is? Uh, I guess one possibility is, the publishing industry. If Jolene could write a book, mm, she's not going to endanger. She's not going to endanger her life for a book advance. I mean, but th- her life is most in danger if she knows the names and hasn't yet revealed them. Once she's revealed the names, the damage is done, and the only reason to get her would be revenge. Look, I think they have enough to put her away for a long time. Okay, so the only thing she has to bargain for, you know, and, and money doesn't do you any good when you're in prison. So the only thing uh, she, the only incentive she has is to get her prison time reduced or eliminated. Um, you know, um, book advance doesn't mean anything if you're doing uh, 14 years in prison at her age. What about you're doing 14 years in prison and uh, in two years you're released in a swap on the urging of the state of Israel. <laughs> uh, I don't know. They had trouble getting Jonathan. Did they ever get Jonathan Pollard? They no, worked they on didn't. that forever. Yeah. Well, no, so I'm not did. sure. I, I wish him luck, but, um, but, she, but, but she didn't do what Pollard did. As no, but they really, he's somebody they really wanted. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah. uh, anyway, I am agnostic on the conspiracy stuff and I've almost exhausted my, Okay, well, I'm, knowledge. And I feel like, do we seem like crazy people because of the conversation we just had? Yes, totally. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. <laughs> it's definitely the truth. Um, so um, that's uh, okay. Well, that's that. I'm sure that, I'm sure it will still be in the news. I hope for good reasons. I still week. know things about the Simpson killing that you probably don't know. Like that all the reporters think that the son was involved. That's bullshit. Do you, do you know why Detective? Do you know what Detective Van Adder's big mistake was? Do you remember that? I know, I, I, uh, by the way, I know of no evidence that the son was involved. I just talked to reporters who think. I think it's also it, it's Wait, also part of 
<laughs> no, wait, we, we shouldn't let this get crazy. No, we're lively people. Don't, let's not do that. Anyway, but, but quickly, I want to say that I finally heard from an attorney who would know, like, why would Detective Van Adder have taken Simpson's blood after they got the blood sample at the jail to the crime scene rather than book it at the jail as he was supposed to do rather than book it as evidence? And this turned out to be hugely consequential, right? Because, wait, right. you brought the blood right. to the crime right, scene? Right, right, right. No wonder they found blood. Yeah, yeah. The answer is, he said this happens all the time in high-profile case. Cops want to get to where the cameras are. It takes a long time to book evidence sometimes. It's like you want to go to the crime scene because it's swarming with reporters and you want to be there. That's where the action is. Well, it's not because you want to be there before the reporters fuck up the crime scene. No, you just want to hang out. And um, anyway, that, that I, I, I re- re- retract any aspersions I cast. On I retract people. the whole thing. Let's cut it out. Um, but what, uh, what else do we have to talk about? Anyway, the um, the weekend cancellations. Woodrow Wilson happened uh, after we. Well, there is taped. something on Wilson. I mean, I don't understand why World War One isn't sufficient to cancel him. Seems oh, my clear, God. Clear in retrospect, we shouldn't have intervened in World War One. One hundred fifty thousand Americans died. It was ridiculous. And what did we get for it? We got the fucking League of Nations. Uh, forget Mickey, it. You, you're trolling me, right? We got, no, they set up the, they, we got a setup for, for World War II. The League insane. of Nations is the part of his legacy that, that if you were going to try to defend him would counterbalance his sins. It became but, the template for the United Nations. Hey, it was 1.0. Have you ever seen 1.0 version of software that worked? No. But you still give credit to the it people invented the software. Itself. It wasn't bad in itself, but it failed, and the overall settlement of World War One set the ground. He didn't. He did two. not approve of the overall settlement. I don't think he. We didn't even sign. Did we well, sign well, the, the overall settlement? Would have been different if we hadn't entered the war. Well, maybe, but yeah, I don't know. There's uh, so. a. By the way, uh, you know, I actually went to the Wilson School. The thing is being renamed. I, I mean, I, as an undergraduate, that was my major. We, so this is kind of a sad moment for me. Could we just pause and honor my ambivalence? But uh, can I just say quickly, people want to hear a I, – I don't know if it's a defense of Wilson, but – some relevant facts on the other side of the cancellation argument. They should listen to the latest DMZ podcast where journalist and uh, amateur historian Bill Share goes on for a while. Most notably, I would say, did you see this, uh, the tweet from Michael Beschloss, who became uh, America's official TV historian decades ago via the PBS NewsHour? You know who he is, right? I know he is. Sure. He's a nice guy, actually. <clears throat> oh, do you know him? I, he was once at a dinner I was at. Well, if you see him at another dinner, tell him this tweet was deficient. So (laughs) when Wilson was canceled, he tweeted a screenshot of the movie Birth of the Nations where it says, and so a great organization arose, the Ku Klux Klan that did blah, blah, blah. That was in quotes, and it said Woodrow Wilson. Well, it's true that Woodrow Wilson wrote that, but A, he meant great in the sense of the Great War, Meaning right. not good, but just large. And right. B, according to Bill Share, if you read the rest of the passage, it's very clear that Wilson is critical uh, of of uh, the Ku Klux Klan. So the idea I, that 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 was a passage reflecting a favorable center of the Ku Klux Klan. I, 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 I thought totally it was wrong. widely accepted that Wilson was a racist. Oh, I think he, I think he was a racist, but you still you, your evidence should be honest. And that, well, that particular isn't, isn't, quote isn't didn't he resegregate the federal government? That he seems let, like enough. I, I think 
uh, he two of his cabinet officials wanted to resegregate their departments, and he let them: the Postal Service and the Treasury. Right. Well, that's pretty um, bad. Um, well, okay, but can I just go on a little further? The thing that um, I mean, the cancellation big business is a big deal, and the thing that uh, bothers me about how reflexively it's sometimes done is. I just think they are complicated issues of the question of whether you judge people in the context of their own time. And as Bill Share notes, by the way, this was a period where the currents in, 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 in American kind of sentiment were again moving and they were moving in a reactionary way along the racism front. Wilson was not exceptional in letting these right. two okay. departments be so, <clears throat> resegregated. The other thing is, he was born in the South before the Civil War. So I just think it's it's an interesting question. If you're going to judge people in the context of their times, um, what is the criterion? Is, is it Do you judge Wilson compared to other Southerners or, or what? I'm not saying I have the answer. I'm just saying right. that I think these are complicated right. questions. Well, and, prob- and, it's, and at some point, probably you shouldn't uh, cancel people, who, even if the balance is negative. Just because they've been there for a while, and it's come not to mean Wilson himself; it's kind of mean the Wilson School or something. But um, oh, I don't care uh, so much about that. A, but... I, I must admit, I I think Coulter's campaign against Yale is pretty hard for them to resist. I mean, the guy was a slave trader. Look, okay? this is a question. The question where you draw the line is fascinating. A thing Bill Share tweeted was: On what grounds you cancel Wilson and not cancel FDR for the internment of Japanese Americans? Which I think is an excellent question. Wilson didn't lock anybody up because of their ethnicity, and and I would go further. On my question, this is my contribution to the dialogue. Why don't you cancel JFK on Me Too grounds? Okay. Here's what I mean. Well, we haven't even started canceling adulterers. This is worse than that, okay? There was a woman, I forget her name. She was a student at one of the Seven Sisters Colleges, like Wellesley, as they used to call them, when Kennedy was president. So right. she was maybe, I don't know, 19, 20, 21. He would have her flown in or brought in from her college. He would, like, call and say, come down, I want to have sex with you. And First of all, and so she wrote this memoir about it, which was uh, got some coverage. I didn't read it, but I read right. about it, and it came out within the last few years. And it was kind of it was kind of sad because she's like, well, in recounting the first uh, sexual episode, she was like, well, I wouldn't call it rape, but and then it turns out that although they had repeated encounters, you know, time and again, and they would even sit and talk, she says he never kissed her. Okay, never kissed her. Uh, and but but then the thing that if you were going to if you're going to vote for cancellation and look, I'm not voting for it. I'm just emphasizing that these questions are complex, uh, given that. The moral tenor changes and on balance, fa- I think I think more I think there is moral progress. OK, he failed to show sufficient affection. No, during no here's the thing. Many five minute affairs no, with women. No, here's the thing is apparently at one point. <clears throat> He and a couple of buddies, like maybe Ted Kennedy and some other guy, are sitting around the White House pool. O'Donnell, that's the one Tim Noah talks about. That's that's pretty disgusting. Yeah, he directs her to have oral sex with another guy in his presence, okay? Now, right. when when Epstein does that, it's trafficking, okay? When Epstein, I don't think, I don't think this person was underage. 
Was it was that the author of this book? Was was that was the author of this book? I don't she's think not she underage. was. I don't think she was under eighteen. But my point is, um, the term trafficking is used with Epstein. Of course, in Epstein's case, it's in conjunction with a minor, but it's still like it's still considered trafficking if he says with any coercive power whatsoever, have sex with Prince Andrew, have sex with Alan Dershowitz. That's considered trafficking. Uh, I'm, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I think it's a it, it, it's a it's a sufficiently complicated moral question that well, uh, you you wrote this tweet that said. You know, we should take into account that people in some future date, 100 years from now, 200 years from now, after after a great deal of moral progress, are going to look back on us and we're going to seem like retrobates uh, well, by their I, standards. And my question to you is, what are you doing now that you know will be considered uh, cancelable in the year 2220? Probably talking to you, but aside from that, no, that's, I actually have be, a, that's got to be that's got to be cancelable next week. That's cancelable already. <laughs> that, that's that's what we call a career mistake, not 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 just a, a future um, so, future cancelable. But I have an answer to that. But the tweet was something like, "I don't know enough about Wilson to be confident, have a confident view, but I hope everybody who considers it a no brainer, you know, the people are just like, oh, he's evil." Um, I said, I hope everybody who considers a no-brainer realizes that if there is continued moral progress, most of us will probably look pretty bad in the 22nd century. Mm. And I think the quintessential example is eating animals. Um, I don't, I actually don't by and large eat red meat or poultry, but I, I have and, and, um, and I, and I eat seafood, uh, especially wild seafood. But in any event, I think now this is a complicated one because in a hundred years, they'll have lab-grown meat, so people can just eat meat without killing anything. But I, I still think it, I still think people will not. In a hundred years, they will have trouble believing we actually killed animals and ate them. I didn't make it all the way through your latest newsletter, but you were I bogged down at an item which I set aside for later reading that seemed to argue that inanimate things also have consciousness. Well, if that's true, what can you eat? Everything you well, everything you could possibly eat will have consciousness. If you ate your microphone, it would have consciousness. So uh, you're in trouble. Well, first of all, that's what panpsychists believe. I don't believe that electrons have consciousness. I don't rule it out. Consciousness is a mysterious thing, but it's it's a it's a view with some support among among uh, philosophers more and more, I'd say. Uh, but I would say that complexity of consciousness of sentience uh, is correlated with moral worth. I mean, I eat sardines for lunch, and I just really don't feel all that guilty about it. Whereas I eat a cow, even a chicken. Really? That seems so elitist. You got to start giving animals SAT scores and if they do well, you can't eat That's exactly my criterion. I focus on the the math side. uh, I'll have to watch myself around you if you... Hey, you want an easy... You want want an easy... If I say something stupid, you're going to get out of your knife and fork. You want an easy cancellation call? John sure. Wayne. John Wayne. Why? He um he had a successful lung transplant, thereby paving the way for lung In nineteen seventy one he said the following in a Playboy interview, or at least a Playboy magazine. Quote We can't all of a sudden get down on our knees and turn everything over to the leadership of the blacks. 
I believe in white supremacy until the blacks are educated to a point of responsibility. I don't believe in giving authority in positions of leadership and judgment to irresponsible people. Uh, I say cancel him. He was a man of his time, Bob. No, but he wasn't. I mean, this was 1971. <laughs> That's what, There's two amazing things about this. This is well after the Civil Rights Act, A, and B, he's not using the term white supremacy the way young folk use it today. He's using it the way, you know, the way we used it to mean uh, an overt and explicit believer in a whole ideology of white supremacy, right? Well, um, do you agree? Do you agree with me? I'm not defending him. So so we take his name off the airport. That doesn't bother me. Okay. I'm just saying, hurry the hell up. What else is there? I'm just establishing that I do think there are clear cancellation cases. John, the difference. Okay. Um, Do you agree that the term uh, white supremacy has changed in meaning? Yes. Well, it now means something. You support a system that overall right. it's more of an implicit, uh, tends to tends to right. give whites positions of power and it's like an ingrained yeah. quality of institutions yeah. and yeah. so on. Yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, so um, uh, there's one hopeful news bit of news, which is. Uh, Tim Noah, like everybody else, has started a Substack newsletter. Oh, good. And uh, called Backbencher. And he seems to be writing for the New Republic now. And he wrote a column that suggested Donald Trump may, as as one of his initiatives in the next few months, uh, perhaps the last few months of his presidency, try to raise the minimum wage uh, and to $15 an hour, which is big. And if it's if you does that, the Democrats obviously want to resist it because they don't want to give Trump credit for doing something that's popular and progressive. Uh, so if he only raises it to, to 10, Tim says, they'll just blow it out and say, no, this, you're not going to do this. Uh, it has to be 15. But what if he meets their demand and goes to 15? Uh, that would be part of his general, his general, uh, you know, pro UBI kick at the moment, which is, I think he's discovered that it's, Actually, a very giving people money is a very good way to buy votes. <laughs> I, I, you know, I have anyway. I've I've heard stories. Of, well, I mean, the Donald Trump who ran for office would be fine with that, wouldn't he? I mean, yeah. So that might happen. It might be something good. You never know. It's more likely than him dropping out of the race. I'd say. Uh, yes, is that that's definitely true. Um. But I still say a lot could happen. By the way, Trump is now in the betting markets. He's at like 36%. If I were a betting man, I would buy. I would buy at 36% just because it's going to change enough so that there will be an opportunity to sell to at sell a higher. sell at 39%, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it was troubling that he, they gave him two chances to say what he'd do in his second term, and neither answer was really very good. The first well, he, one was, well, said, I have experience. The first one was, well, I have experience now. And the second is, they said, the second interviewer said, you know, people were unhappy with your first answer. And he goes, they were? Nobody told me that. But here's, which is a bad sign. If they, if he is so insulated, he doesn't know that people thought his first answer was unsatisfactory. Um, and, and he talked about how, well, we're going to be great. I'm going to make America great again. We're going to have more great trade deals. And he started talking about his great trade deals. Uh, there's one issue, of course, which has been completely downplayed. And you know what that issue is, but um, uh, immigration. He oh. doesn't talk about it in these efficient. You know, he he did something very good for the 
immigration restriction aside, which is pause all these visas. And he made sure that we knew about it and, and gave him all the props that he deserved, which he did deserve because he stood up against the lobbies. But he didn't broadcast it to the world so much. Uh, you know, he, he's not a prop of his campaign. And the worry is that Jared and Karl Rove are telling him that, you know, well, you can't mention that. That'll cost you among the suburban moms that it's so it's completely dropped off. And the problem with that is when his second term comes around, he might just drop it. I mean, there's, there's no reason why uh, he should pursue any of it. And there's already noises reported by Daryl Lind, very good immigration reporter on the left, that uh, uh, that he his people have decided, well, we've built enough wall. Okay, well, just whatever wall we get done by so the end So is this a real reason you want him to drop it. out? Because you think even if he wins, it's bad news for immigration restrictions? Well, that's part of it. I was, I was actually, that, 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 that's another virtue of him dropping out is that whoever replaces him, you know, if he has a second term, he's not accountable to the voters. The only reason he needs the voters would be if he's impeached and he, you know, needs to be popular or if he wants to sort of dynasty and transfer his popularity to Ivanka, mm -hmm. uh, a, a ridiculous idea. So he's probably not going to be accountable, but anybody who replaces him is going to want reelection. So they're going to have to, satisfy the voters, including the immigration restrictionist voters. So you have a you have a handle on them and you don't have a handle on Trump. It's just another so he, that's here, great. Here, here's a question. I mean the reason you you presumably fear a Democrat winning is that you I, think the Democratic coalition puts pressure on a Democratic president to not be an immigration restrictionist. No, no, I'm saying I that's I oppose it because they will pass an amnesty bill that will permanently change America. Well, isn't that the same okay. thing? I and mean, irreversibly. I, They're not putting pressure on it. The Democratic president's going to be actively pursuing this bill. The Republican, the Democratic Con House is going to be pursuing it. And the Democratic Senate is going to end the filibuster and pass it. It's going well, to happen. And anything that happens afterwards course, is too late. So you That's want to, so amnesty, what amnesty does is it lets people who stay. So you want to actually round them up and kick them out. No, I want to I want to have I, I, I'm willing to cut a deal with if you can cut a deal. So there's enough enforcement so that when you on do amnesty future, them, on future, when you do amnesty them, there won't be another wave because they actually won't be able to get in. I.e. you have things like E-Verified so they can't get jobs. You have a wall so they can't get in. Uh, you have uh, some something where they can't overstay their visas. Uh, if you have a whole bunch of things mm -hmm. that may or may not work. And they're in place, and they're irrevocably in place. Then you can start to amnesty the people who are here. Well, okay. uh, in the meantime, they live in the shadows. Okay. Well, a Democratic president is not going to build a wall, but is so unrealistic to think that he or she—well, it would be he this time—would do would do e-verify and or other um, well and other uh, border security things that would would tighten. Uh, Democrats will only do e-verify after people get amnesty, which means it probably won't happen at all because business hates it. Trump Trump has no desire for it. He, he's dropped it on several occasions. Mitt Romney bizarrely endorsed it. But um, the Democrats don't like E-Verify because it will deter immigration and they want more immigration. But they're willing but to... Why do they want more immigration? Because they're, 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 the business part of their constituency does or because of the... Well, there's that. No, because the activists at their base do. The activists, the Democratic, the Democratic Party base has moved way to the left. Right. Well, they this don't is... Like the, they making... don't like the dream. They don't like the dreamers anymore because the dreamers imply 
that people who go to school and get ahead are better than people who don't go to school and get ahead, that they deserve amnesty and other people don't. They want everybody to get amnesty, and they want more people as if almost the border wasn't there. Okay, but didn't I begin with the question, Are do you fear that the Democratic Party's coalition puts pressure on it not to be, you know, uh, immigration restrictionist? And now it seems to me you're answering the question yes, but initially I thought you answered the question no. No, I answered the question no because it, there will be no pressure needed. Who are they going to pressure? They have the presidency. They have the House. They have the Senate. There's no pressure. They're just going to do it. Okay, and they're going to get rid of the filibuster and do it. It's not a question of pressure. It's not a question of future immigration yeah, but policy. Is, why they're going they to do pass it? a bill. Well, they, they, they're going to they, they're doing it because they're for it. They're for amnesty and against enforcement. Politicians don't do things because they're actually for things. <laughs> they do well, they're, things they're based, to appease they have a interest base groups. That, they have a base that demands it. That's what I mean. Never mind. Okay. Well, this but the base is confusing. Not, I, Here's a totally I, different the question. The base isn't totally unidealistic. I'm, they they believe a lot of them believe in open borders okay. idealistically. I'm not saying they're pursuing their crass interests. Here's another it, question: you know, Does technology not permit you to have tight border security without an actual wall? Like we've been you, hearing that for years, but it, 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 nobody's ever demonstrated it. And there was actually a recent test of the wall scientific study that came out, I think it was peer reviewed, that said it was it was in fact effective. Then it was twenty it reduced uh, people coming in by twenty seven percent. I would have thought more, but as studies go, twenty seven percent is a big figure. Final question on a totally unrelated issue. Yeah. With the protest is, there is no unrelated issue. That's my position. With the, yes, well, maybe not. But with the protests of the sixties compared to the protests now, I mean we haven't really talked about that, but but isn't it your sense uh are you trying to find out how long we've been yes. taping? Yes, and it's it's too long, I know. So we'll wrap this up. But um I have I guess maybe two questions. One is isn't it your sense that this week the protests kind of wound down and the the, the the civil unrest kind of wound down. I mean, the Seattle area got cleaned out. That's history. Uh, I haven't heard of a statue toppling in a couple of days. Uh, don't you sense that things are winding down? Yes, but although they're showing uh, persistence in a couple of ways, there's, there's still marchers out on the streets protest every other day, uh, lending credence to the conspiracy theories that somebody's paying these people. I don't think so. I think they're just bored out of their minds and quarantine and they have something to do. Uh, but, um, uh, and the second thing is it, it the, the ref, the repercussions in institutions, uh, are only just starting. I mean, I was at a, in a zoom cast, uh, and I heard that, uh, you know, various schools that, you know, it, are change, they're all changing their credos to emphasize race only. It's all race, race, race. Whereas before it was race, something, 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 you know, uh, uh, and, uh, before it was work hard, be nice and don't discriminate by race. Now it's don't be part of the systemic racist system that we're all part of. Uh, it, so I think that's just starting and the repercussions in newsroom are just starting. And one point is how does it stop? Does it ever stop? It seems to me, uh, we're, 
I mean, w- one virtue of Coulter's scheme is it stops at Yale. Yale's not going to change its name. So everybody else can say, well, well, Yale's not changing its name. Why should I change my name? But name changing isn't important. But one does, one yearns for a sister soldier moment where some person is told, no, you've gone too far. And my candidate was this woman who tried, who pretended to stab people in her, in her uh, TikTok video. Did you see that? Oh She's yeah, a, she got Harvard. Fired. She got, she got fired. Now that was an a, interesting case because it was a so cancellation was, on the other side. Right. So my, she was my uh, my nominee. She was for, a, she was a lefty. She was my nominee for Sister Stabia. She um she uh she 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 they drew the line and they said no, you're an asshole. You were uh, such a thing. She, yeah, and Sister Soldier. She was much worse than Sister Soldier. Sister Soldier. What what she said was. If you remember what, what she said was like, what if we have a day if we kill white people? We're killing too many black people. Okay. It was obviously not actually calling for white people, you know, and so mm-hmm. she was relatively mild and, and Clinton turned his campaign around by putting her down publicly, which he didn't want to do, but his aides made him do. Uh, this woman is much worse than that. I think. Well, no, but I mean, this woman, what she, what she said was her point was. I mean, I'm not saying she wasn't in some sense over the line. I I, I wouldn't uh, advise. She seemed to actually want to stab people. No, but she was making the point that for you to say, I think it was the analogy was, on the one hand, for you to say all lives matter when I say black lives, wait, saying all lives matter is to saying black lives matter as complaining about a paper cut is to complaining about being stabbed. Right. Okay. So she said, I'm going to stab you, meaning I'm trying to make this point that you're complaining about a paper cut. When you say that all lives matter, you want to know what it's like to be a minority. Now, she herself was Asian, I think, Asian American. Right. But um, so that was, so she, you know, I think she could plausibly say she didn't, wasn't threatening to actually stab anybody, but she seemed, she had a, you know, a, a kind of a, an unconstrained look about her. I will say that, but, um, as she gestured and everything, but I don't think she was. Anyway. If you were, if you were a big accounting firm, would you hire her to do your PR? Well, that's not the question is, would you fire her? Which the accounting firm did? It was, what is it? Deloitte and whatever it is. I think it's just called Deloitte now. They but- fired her. But and, she hadn't and, she hadn't started work yet, so they unhired. Oh, she, okay. Her. Anyway, the 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 relevance of that is, it it was the establishment saying establishing some right. principle of symmetry. Right. There is such a thing as going right. too far on the left and right. getting canceled. Right. I, I yes. So I, I when when awaits that moment that has large repercussions. So I things have died down, but I I think the process is grinding on. The um uh. I, 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 I do I, I do think saying all lives matter misses the point. So, I mean, the point, you know, I think yeah. I talked about this. There is there is a when I when I read about, you know, uh, some there was some anti death penalty and they said, you know, this. Uh, this this white guy was killed for white guy was on death row for killing a black guy. Anyway, there's some my reaction to whether the victim was black or white was a was instinctively a racist reaction. And I realized, shit, I'm a racist. Okay. And I think that in that, that would not apply to, uh, all lives matter doesn't solve that really. I mean, you want to confront the fact that there's a special racism reserved in 
in these situations for for black people and, and figure out why it's there and root it out. So the the essential premise of Black Lives Matter, which is, hey, you have an exception for us. Why is that? Why is that there? Uh, that's a good point. But um, wait, what's a good point uh, that Black Lives Matter making the point that, you know, that, that it's you have special... to elevate black lives into the all lives before you uh, before you start proclaiming all lives matter. That's the point. Um Okay, I'd be uh, careful so, about saying you you used to you you in the past had a racist reaction. By the way, who was I'm the a, woman? I, I'm a '60s person. I think the the line in the '60s we're all racist and we have to confront it and deal with it and figure out how to how to uh, overcome it. And yeah. as opposed to, as opposed to the liberals who ran around saying. I'm not a racist. I, right. I'm enlightened. It's the conservatives who are well, unenlightened. This just gets back yeah. to, I mean, again, with, 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 the, with the Wilson thing and all kinds of other things, what bothers me is the easy monarchism or monarchianism, whichever it is. You know, it's like, okay, the world Manichaean. is divided between good and evil, and I'm sure I'm on the side of good. That just drives right. me nuts. Um, But I digress. So we've been, you know, I don't know. We've been doing this a long time today, Mickey. Okay. Um, Do you have more? I, no. This is a record. I this thought, is our longest ever. We've done really? this. Really? We can rest knowing we've done it. I thought we've done an hour 40. Oh, we have done an hour 40. Shit. Okay. Sorry. Hour and 46. Um, Although a minute will be cut out. A minute of silence will be cut out. So what should we plug? We've plugged your newsletter. We should We should plug the right show. Because uh, this is the right show. You may not know it, but you can subscribe to the podcast feed and and get the show that way. Um, we should plug my newsletter, Non-Zero Newsletter, where, by the way, I had this piece, which I guess you didn't read, which is an attempt to get people to actually uh, use the George Floyd moment to do something other it. than the symbolic stuff. I read it. You don't think it's – yeah, well – it was fine. It was. It was. Uh, I. I think Perfectly I agreed with sensible. all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, um, that's I, did, not I didn't agree with. I didn't agree with uh, that clip you had of the guy who beat Elliot Engel. I didn't think that was that great. But well, he was at least talking in terms of class. He's this uh... right, but he had this cl- class. He had this vision of class, which is there's everybody, and then they're the. He had this Bernie thing. They're, they're billionaires at the top, and the Wall Streeters. Okay, mm. no class is much more complicated, and the main threat of class is the top twenty or thirty well, percent. Of course, it is. I, who, are, who are who are walling themselves off, and 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 a relative minority at the bottom who are getting fucked over. Right. Maybe. I'm, but I'm just saying that right now, uh, the in the in the wake of the George Floyd thing. There's almost a prohibition on talking about class as opposed to racism, and I liked seeing a charismatic well, emerging black leader okay. talking about of, class, you know, giving a message that is unifying in the sense of drawing in working class whites yeah. and everybody in a common struggle against. Uh, he seemed enthralled to a Bernie Sanders dogma. Ah, uh, that works for me. I mean, I mean, look, you're obviously not. For not me. Well, look, uh, you're never going to get it? Bernie's agenda. Uh, enacted, but Bernie's if Bernie's rhetoric finally gets us a more progressive income tax structure, I'm, I'm for it. The rhetoric sucks. People will know that it's not just Mark Zuckerberg at the top and the billionaires who are who are the tr- trouble. If you accurately portray the the problem, it resonates much more with people. I think there are experts hey, well, George, on political George messaging. Wallace, you disagree. George Wallace said it's those pointy-headed intellectuals 
sneering down their noses at us. That was a much more accurate description of what was going on in American society. That was an absurd oversimplification. That was an absurd oversimplification. He was saying he was saying it's the high SAT college elite uh, sneering at the rest of us, and the country was moving in the direction of enriching the high SAT college elite. Now we're moving in a different direction, but that's the direction they were moving in then. Completely accurate. What's the direction we're moving in now? Um, Jared Kushner buys his way into Harvard, no matter what his SATs are. You know what kills me about how long we've been gone, going on, okay. Mickey, is that – I'll tell you what kills me, though, is that there were – there's been some interesting uh, reader feedback. And I guess I'll promise to reserve more time for it next time and uh, – like, for example, somebody wanted us to define wokeism. Somebody had an interesting theory of wokeism. This stuff will hold. Uh, and someone says, I would give to your Patreon if Mickey will play that guitar that has been behind him for weeks, collecting dust. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll do that, but I have to practice. Finally, I only know one song. Somebody wants me to expand on my anecdote about being in adjacent urinals with Henry Kissinger. And let me just say, if you think you're going to get that kind of content for free, you're getting us mixed up with yes. two less entrepreneurial podcasters. Yes. When we roll out yes. our big paywall model, baby. And then you'll have to, of course, that's going to pay, be behind the paywall. What? You'll have to pay even more to get in the parrot room. <laughs> then there's uh, the parrot. You what- I, I feel we blew a lot of parrot room material tonight. I should have, I should have kept a lid on it. Damn it. Okay. Anyway, it was fine. It was good. Yeah. It's all good. Happy 4th of July. Uh, uh send you. Uh, subscribe to our newsletters, Cows Files and Non-Zero, and uh, oh, and 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 click the like button at YouTube and juice the YouTube algorithm. And finally, Mickey, I, I'm narrating this for the uh, listeners. Finally, <clears throat> finally, Mickey would like to unroll the American flag one more time. Go ahead. So this Mickey. is like this. This is like the sound off of uh, of the station when it goes off at two at in midnight, the morning. Yeah, we at we midnight, are actually old the enough to remember. When they played and the Star you, Spangled and, Banner. And you show the American flag. So. And then right after that, you get static, and that's what they're going to get now. So I'll okay. see you next time. Okay. See ya.